on the wrong side of history. Their 27th consecutive loss sets an NBA record for futility in a single season. And the Nets with a sigh of relief as they win it 118 to 112. Reed got one off the three-point line and then spun his way right into a turnover. Shea gives it up. Dort has the feet set looking for another three and gets another three. Bean claps his hands from the gun, fakes a handoff to high shot, wide, wide no open. He's there. got a man. It's Luke Graham, 35-30, 25-20, the 15, the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Kansas. Luke Graham from 60 yards out. This place obviously means everything to me. Uh, I've been trying to get back here for 23 years. The, obviously, the place I want to be, um, I, I'm, I'm just as much a fan as I am a coach. Um, and I'm just glad to be home. Hey, I know y'all just heard Arizona's chant, but let me tell you something. Our chant doesn't need an introduction, man. Boomer! 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 Hour three, T-Row in the morning show. Toby and TJ back with you. Headed to San Antonio as soon as the show's over. Tomorrow and Friday's shows will be from the Alamo City. Right there on the Riverwalk. We got Sooners and the Arizona Wildcats tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, folks, here we go. 8.20 will be kickoff time. TJ, uh, a little different game day tomorrow for us because it's on a Thursday. So what does our game day coverage look like here for the Ref Army? Well, being a uh, Thursday night game the way that it is, we'll just have normal programming throughout the day. So it'll be like one giant 12-hour 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, pre-game show. So regular shows for the most part. And we're not going to extend that out since all the guys are going to be on um, doing the regular shows except for, I think, Teddy's like travels got him and then he'll be jumping on for the network and everything. So Tyler and Travis will take you uh, 2 to 6 tomorrow afternoon. But other than that, regular shows throughout the day just getting you getting you ready for the Alamo Bowl. Yeah, so regular shows, but it'll be a pregame show. It'll yeah, a- yeah. And then Tyler and Travis will be back after the game. They're not going to go a full two hours, being the time of night it is. And, what uh, you got? You know, me and you will be back uh, shortly after the uh, the game ends. At, That's uh, 6 weak. A.M. So that I'm going to be on for a full post game show. <laughs> you know they're not going to bed or anything. Um. Well, they might be. You don't know that. By, by the time I they get done that. with that hour, it'll be like you know twelve thirty one in the morning. So, 
Dude, you've never been to San Antonio before. If you think they're going back and going to bed, well, they'll after. be here. Like, Tyler's local. He he didn't travel oh. down, so yeah, he'll be in studio and everything. So yeah, he'll he'll be going. Is to Travis going to be down there? Uh, now he's in Tulsa. So yeah, shocking, shocking yeah. turn of events. Yeah. Lack of I support the, for the team right there. Well, I think that well, all of you guys are going down, so you guys are all there. What do you, you mean, know, all of you guys? Uh, are going You down. and Teddy and Plank and Drake yeah. and all the other we guys. We go to in the every station. game. I know, I know. And I think the well, Thursday, games. I think the Thursday kind of got the 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 travel situation with some people. So, oh, yeah. man, I apologize to all the Sooner fans listening out there for the lack <laughs> of support. Still have, they'll still from the ref, and they'll have you covered uh, as Home well. Home Sooner so, fans, no differently than they always have. Man, um, Thunder win last night, big win. They beat the T Wolves one twenty nine one oh six. Third place in the West, Minnesota in first. SGA 34, Chet 20. Tonight, back at it. It's a back-to-back. They get the New York Knickerbockers tonight, 7 o'clock. I still haven't been to a Thunder game yet this year. i got to get down there. I thought you went oh. to one in the beginning of the season. Was that mm-hmm. not you? No, I have not been. Unless I'm forgetting. I thought you had. All right. You say you haven't, you haven't. But. Porter Moser will be with us tomorrow morning. His team back in action at uh, 6 o'clock tomorrow night. Central Arkansas. First game since that North Carolina loss. Remember, that game's been moved up an hour. It'll now be a 6 o'clock tip tomorrow night so you can get home and watch the Alamo. That North Carolina game feels like a month ago. Mm -hmm. It really does. Oh, new rankings out, by the way. New AP poll. Sooners drop to 12. That's kind of fun to say that they drop to 12. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The new bracketology out yesterday, TJ. Uh Uh-oh. Are they out? Nope, it's still in it. Five seed in Pittsburgh. I'm trying to. I don't have it pulled up. I'm trying to remember who. They, oh, they play Kentucky if they win. Probably Kentucky was the four seed. There. Boy, that's quite the dramatic drop though in seeding though, just for one loss to a really Two to a five game to North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're just so tightly packed and everything that you beat Central Arkansas, you might be a one seed <laughs> next <laughs> who week. Who knows? Two games coming up, actually. Don't forget New Year's Eve, uh, day game New Year's Eve against Monmouth. And then that's it for non-con. It's all Big 12 after that. Uh, Starting Saturday, January 6th, when Iowa State will be here. You got the Texas Bowl tonight, so OSU plays tonight against Texas A&M down in Houston. 8 o'clock kickoff for that one. And how about the Detroit Pistons, TJ? A new record has been set. You heard the highlight there off the top. 27 straight losses. I don't even know how that's possible in the NBA. I'm with you. I mean, you you luck your way into a win within 27 games. That's just bad. I mean, these are professional basketball players. Well, And they've had Cade go for, like, even that night, like uh, last night. I think he went for 40-plus. I mean, he's had big games and still can't. Get them over the top of just sneaking past somebody. It's crazy. So you would think some night you're hot, the other team's missing shots, right. or their best player's injured, or whatever the case may be. 27 straight losses is mind-boggling to me. There's a lot of pressure on the Nets last night, by the way. They were not to be the team that didn't give them the record. <laughs> right. All right, um... Since we've last been together, TJ, we had the unfortunate passing of Ryan Miner. Uh, that seems like a long time ago as well. 
but it was shortly before Christmas. And I don't think we've had a chance to talk about it at all. So um, this was not unexpected. He's been battling cancer for several months now, but doesn't make it any easier at, you know, just a terribly young age. Way too young. Way too young. 49 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously one of the all-time greats in OU history uh, in basketball and then went on to play professionally in in baseball uh he ryan and us are kind of contemporaries teach i mean obviously close to the same age but i was in college when ryan was in college right you were too and uh i remember you know like so many of you do too coming down when we had a chance, we would come down, Travis and I or Paul and I would come down to OU basketball games and OU football games and everything. But if we weren't playing and, and OU was, we'd come down at the the weekend where they beat, I think it was Kansas first. I think maybe I got this backwards. They beat Kansas when they were ranked number one on a Saturday and then Missouri when they were ranked number one on a Monday or the opposite way. But I think that was the order. Uh Ernie Abercrombie hits the shot in the corner to beat him and everything, but just such a huge Ryan Miner fan, as everybody was. And then obviously goes on to uh, be the guy that starts in place of Cal Ripken yeah, the night telling, the streak ends or comes in to replace Cal. I about that, you know, that when we were talking about Ryan Miner, then I was like, he's the guy that replaced Cal Ripken. So. Yeah. Yeah, just heartbreaking, really. And I can't imagine – how hard this is for anybody's family, but especially when you got a twin brother, you know, how hard that is for Damon and and everything. Pride of Hammond. I didn't know this until I was reading some of the story. I didn't know they were, uh, they were born in Canton, Ohio. Um, uh, not of note, except that's where the Football Hall of Fame is in right, Canton, Ohio. Right. But born in Canton, uh, biggest things to ever hit Hammond, Oklahoma. Minor brothers come to Norman and just tear it up on the baseball diamond and on the basketball court. And, uh, golly, I, I remember we had that golf tournament this summer to raise money for him. And he was supposed to be there, but woke up that morning, wasn't feeling very good, and, and didn't make it. Damon was there, and several members of the minor family were there and everything. But, man, that that's one that just kind of well hurts, man. That hits you right in the like gut. Like you say, man. similar age. What I, what was crazy about the, the minor brothers for me was – they were younger than me, yet they were bigger than life to me. Oh yeah, does that make sense? Like, oh, sure. like, like they were younger than me, and I'm like, look at these two guys. Yeah. Like, well, they were <laughs> ma- they were huge. <laughs> well, that too. I'm just and they talking were stars. personality and and just you know they shined anything they did, and these were were great individuals as well. So, uh, it was you, you knew what it was coming to, and you hated to hear it though when it the news finally came out over this weekend. So. Uh, yeah, thoughts and prayers out to the whole family, and but yeah, they were they were bigger than life to me, and here they were, you know, year year and a half younger than I was, but I was like, man, look at these two guys. Nineteen ninety five Big Eight Player of the Year. I also had just forgotten in uh, in the back of my brain that he was uh, manager for several years uh, after he left in professional baseball, uh, hitting coach. Uh, infield coach, manager in the or- uh, Orioles organization, 
Um, so just so gifted athletically in every way. And he was kind of one of those guys when he played TJ, you say, well, what did Ryan Miner do great? I think he was just like, was he a good shooter? Yeah, he was a good shooter. Was he, was he athletic? He was athletic enough. I mean, as far as jumping and running and stuff, but he was never like the fastest guy or the highest jumper or the tallest guy. Anything like, like he was just most nights, maybe every night, he was like just the best athlete on the court. Just, just outworked people. It would he just yeah? It was just like, well, that guy's the best athlete. I don't mean running and jumping wise, just an all around. Like he just did everything. Just did everything well. Yeah. He'd hit threes, he'd score in the post, he'd drive, he'd get to the foul line, he'd play great defense. For his size, um, yeah, he was just, in a lot of ways, just stylistically, like how they played, I think he and Eduardo Nahara were pretty similar, right? You would say the same thing about Eduardo. Like, what was Eduardo great at? Like, being tough? He was great at, he was great at everything, but, like, his greatest asset was like he just wanted to win more than anybody else that was out there. And I don't know, man. Just super sad. And I know it's been a few days now, but it would be remiss if we didn't uh bring it up and give our condolences to the minor family and really all of Sooner Nation. That's one that everybody in Sooner Nation mourns uh when one of the all time greats passes away. I-, I hope I haven't heard anything, but I hope the team will do something. I'm sure they will for the rest of the year to kind of honor him, whether it's a patch on the jersey or, you know, something to honor him the rest of the season. That would obviously be very appropriate. I think it would be incredibly cool, and I don't know that this is likely to happen, but I think it would be really cool um, if Los would wear minor on his jersey at least for a game. Number 12. Right. You know, right. that's what Ryan wore. That's what Lowe wears this year. Instead of Yuzan, if they would put Miner on the back of his jersey for a game, I think that would be super cool. But nobody's asked me my opinion, so we'll see what they do. Maybe Eight, you should seven. wear that jersey courtside one game. Hey, love it. Don't have one, but love the idea. 817. Quick break. Coming up bottom of the hour, we'll be joined by Brian Jeffries. He's the play-by-play voice at Arizona. We'll be back. The T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment. The one for games. The one for fun. Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. T-Row in the Morning Show. This hour brought to you by RK Black. Been in business since 1952, helping small and medium-sized businesses all across Oklahoma and Kansas. Technology solutions, including copiers, fax, printers, scanner, document management. Check them out, rkblack.com, 405-943-9800. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Toby, with some of the names of these new players, you better spend the offseason doing some practice games to get names down. Yeah. Feel like I'm I'm ready to roll on the signing class um because of all those videos we did on signing day. There was a lot of there was a lot of prep and double and triple checking on those pronunciations and everything. So I feel pretty good about those. 
But, yeah, some of these transfer portal guys and stuff, uh, that's okay. We got PJ eventually. We'll, we'll get there with everybody. That's what you got to do right there, TJ. You got to go right to the source right, and say, say it for me, and then I'll go practice it. Say my name. No, no, say your name. Say your name. Yeah, that's how you do it. Um, <laughs> manufactured hate. Is there anything more? I still un- have people who argue with me, by the way, about how to say his name. Oh, I'm sure you do. Some some guys in like the recruiting Mostly Missouri world, fans, yeah. Mostly Missouri fans. Who are like, that's not how you say it. And I'm like, do you want me to play him saying it? Like what? Well, he's wrong. <laughs> he, All right. He's wrong. That's not how we've decided that we say his name. That's right. <laughs> uh, Vinny Paul says, manufactured hate. Is there anything more than annoying than the feeling of a higher society forcing a rivalry on OU with Missouri? That's some of what may be going on with Missouri here. If we annoy them enough, maybe they'll finally become a rivalry and we'll have one because we have no rivalry right now in the SEC. We're just kind of this lone wolf out here that no one cares about. Yeah, M- Missouri's trying to, yeah, tr- manufacture some. Please, I feel like that was like us. from Sean, and that was a, somehow a bedlam shot. Somehow, I feel like that text was like <laughs> a rival be forced upon the. Fa- I don't believe. I like. I fi- I think the fan base is creating this rivalry, or the Twitter fan base. They just can't stop fighting with each other. I thought that's what Twitter was for. Twitter, where you come to fight. I think I think some people do. I think some people do feel that way. Yes, it's a beautiful day outside. This is horrible weather. <laughs> Camo sooner. Mizzou fans seem very insecure. I have no. I'm not going to get into this. I'm not. I don't have an opinion one way or another. I have no idea. So what Toby's saying with his fact of the day is that since Missouri Stadium is not named after a war veteran, that they're a bunch of communists. (laughs) That'll come up at some point today. That'll come up. Two straight days and you haven't mentioned Missouri. Are you scared of us now? That's right. Uh, Missouri, the same delusional uh, and confidence of A&M with even less success and national footprint. Please, let's still turn this show into a <laughs> OU Missouri trash talk fest. TJ secretly got Toby a membership or booked him into some type of speaking engagements. Huh. Hmm. Secretly got him a member, Toby a membership or a or book him in some type of speaking engagements. Huh. I'm lost on that one. I'm lost on that one too. Uh, you're right. Losing 27 games. Like that is an embarrassment. Signed, the Washington Generals. P.S. The Globe Trotters always <laughs> cheated us. Uh, I broke down in Hammond one time. Did not realize the ground was so sacred there. Too bad the air doesn't have any phone reception. All right. Uh, when are they going to hang 10 in the rafters? Hollis is so overdue. It's embarrassing. What's that happening, Toby? Yeah, I mean, I don't have any insight on that. It would be kind of cool if it happened when Houston came to town this season, right? But um, 
Nobody has told me anything about that happening. Is he the obvious next one? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, let's see. Right now you've got Wayman, Alvin, Blake. Um, Wayman, Alvin, Blake. Or Mookie uh, and Mookie, Stacy. Yeah, okay. Stacy. Those yeah. are the five, right? Yes. So Hollis before Ryan Miner? Um, Does Ryan Miner go up? Ryan Miner. Um, you're going chronological order there. Hollis took him to a Final Four. Mm-hmm. Ryan was a Big Eight player of the year. So was Hollis. Chronologically, if you're going to put Ryan Miner up, and not in my opinion you should, he would go first. Yeah, I think they sh- both should go up, so however you want to do it. I don't know what the baseline parameter is because um, – like, Buddy's going up there eventually. National player of the year. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Uh, TJ will fight tooth and nail nope. to keep nope. Trey Don't Young you from say ever it. going up. Don't you say it. Now, if we Joe's are... listening, Skeeter Henry needs to go up as well. No, just put the Skeeter meter up The Skeeter there. meter. <laughs> That's right. We're probably a couple of years at least away from JV and McCollum going into the rafters. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, if Hollis is next, and it needs to happen at some point, I would think, if Hollis is next and it's ready, it'd be really cool to do it when Houston came to town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cody's in on the text line, says, after I lost, I lost my shit zoo, uh, I got easy, a little fella. <laughs> His name is Sir Banks. He's a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, and he sent me a picture of the little puppy. A gorgeous little guy. That's a good name, too. Sir Banks. I like that name a lot. Question, back to the LNC. Yes. Should there be something honoring Billy? Oh, without a doubt, yes. Next? That's the statue that goes up outside the new arena when it's built over at University North Park. I don't mind that at all. Or the court named after him Mm -hmm. or something? Yeah, Billy Tubbs Court, yeah. Okay. Something has to happen, yes. Without a doubt. Uh, Let's see here. Bama Tom will take on OU as a rival. We let go of Ole Miss. All right. Well, Auburn's your rival, so. You could have more than one rival. Oh, you can, yeah. Well. We will present a better year-in and year-out challenge than Auburn will. This person says, isn't Mizzou already recognized as a rivalry? With Oklahoma? I don't think so. No. I mean, Billy and Norm Stewart had their run in the day as far as yeah, not liking some... each other and kind of going back and forth. But not, I would I'd say, say not rivalry. any more than Kansas or Iowa State or uh, – yeah, there was an era there when Missouri and Oklahoma in basketball were mm-hmm. tooth and nail at each other. And we played in a couple of well, – a couple of Big 12 – championship games football right chase daniel game and then that, that one was in san antonio i believe and then they also played in kansas city once i think but yeah i wouldn't say that i wouldn't call them in the sense that we're talking about oklahoma's rival now 
Uh, beautiful sunrise for the early drive south today. Hashtag safe travels. Hashtag boomer. Oh, they sent me uh, pictures of their travels along the way, and it is a beautiful sunrise there. Look at that. It's great. Speaking of going south, we're headed to San Antonio when we come back from this commercial break. Going to be joined live by the play-by-play voice of the Wildcats, Brian Jeffries. Going to educate all of us up on what we need to know about the Sooners' uh, opponent, almost said rival, opponent tomorrow night in the Alamo Bowl. Back after this. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. 820 kickoff tomorrow night, Sooners and Wildcats. And it is our pleasure and honor to be joined now by the longtime and outstanding play-by-play voice for Arizona, Brian Jeffries. Brian, good morning. How are you this morning, sir? Uh, Toby, doing very well. Good morning to you. It's uh, great to be in San Antonio and, and ready for a bowl game. It's been a while for Arizona since they played in a bowl, so uh, everyone's very excited to, to get the game underway and, and see what they can do, and it's a great reward, I think, for the team and the guys that have been here for a few years and gone through some really tough times and now have a chance to you know play for something very meaningful. I don't think our paths have crossed in the last 15 years, which is a a little bit amazing, but I'm looking forward to uh, meeting you tomorrow and hope that uh, you can find some enchiladas down there on the river walk in the time being. Uh, let's start with the excitement of the Arizona fan base. It has been since 2017 since they've gone bowling. What has the lead-up to this this game been like for Wildcat fans? Well, I think you really got to look at the whole season, Toby, and it's been uh, somewhat of a surprise. I mean, Arizona was... Two years ago, they went 1-11, and and they were lucky to win that one game. Uh, then they won five games last year, and things looked really uh, promising. Uh, I thought personally, going into this season, I thought, hey, if they could win six games and get to a bowl, that would be a great stepping stone for Jed Fish and his staff. And, uh, you know, they lost an overtime game at USC, and things didn't look all that good. And, well, that's the last time they've lost. They've won six in a row since then, and the excitement started to build, I think, as the season went on. And, you know, the fans started to realize that uh, Jed is – has started to build something and he will readily admit that, you know, they're not there yet. Uh, but this was a great step for them. And uh, I think winning uh, the last couple of games that they won were probably the most impressive uh, beating Utah. And then of course, beating their rival Arizona state uh, on the Sun Devils home field. And so that kind of set things up uh, to get to nine wins, get to, a, they knew they were going to get to a bowl game. And when they got to nine wins, they said, well, it's going to be a really good bowl game. And so everyone was uh, Excited to be headed for San Antonio, playing a prestigious game like this against you know one of the all-time great college football programs in Oklahoma. I want to ask you about Noah Fafita and this outstanding offense in a second, but tell us more about Jed Fish. How has he done this in such a short amount of time? Well, I know this sounds like a cliche, but it's called it's been all culture. Uh, he came in; he'd never been a head coach before. He'd worked in college football. He'd worked in the NFL. Uh, he'd waited 20 years for an opportunity like this, and uh, he was going to uh, you know, put in every hour possible to make it happen. And so he hired a really good staff. I think that was a, a starting point, including a couple of guys that uh, were great Arizona players in their prime. And uh, from there on out, it was just a matter of trying to sell guys on the fact that, look, we're going we're gonna to build something here. Since he spent a lot of time in the NFL, he tried to model everything that uh, the program did around an NFL team in terms of how they operated on a day-to-day basis. And because everybody, 
wants to play in the NFL. Not many get to, but at least that promise is out there that they have the opportunity. And so he felt that that was a selling point for him. He is a great salesman, I'll tell you that. Uh, the man has incredible energy. And, uh, you know, that first year it was it was tough going. That second year, and they talk a lot about the, the class of 22, the ones they were able to bring in, and Noah Fafita and uh, Tetroa McMillan, et cetera, uh, Jacob Manu, uh, guys that uh, have been kind of the cornerstone of what they've been able to build. So that's that's been it. I mean, it's it's good coaching, and then, as you know, you've got to have talent, and they've been able to get enough talent now to win nine games. And I know Jed's excited about the future. One of the most interesting quarterback matchups, I think, in the bowl season, you got a couple of freshmen going head-to-head here. Noah Fafita takes over early in the season and ends up being the Pac-12 Offensive Freshman of the Year Man, Brian, this guy is fun to watch. I got to imagine he's fun for you as well. But tell us about his season and and what makes him so special. Well, you know, it's his, he's a redshirt freshman. He got into three games last year just in mop up duty, and uh, so he came into this season knowing that he was going to back up uh, Jaden Delora, who was the starter last year. And then fourth game of the year, we're playing at Stanford, and uh, late in that game, Delora gets hurt, turns his ankle uh, rather severely. And so Fafita had been the backup. He comes in, and he leads the team on a game-winning drive. Uh, and they beat Stanford, which, uh, you know, they needed to win that game. It was on the road, you know, conference opener, et cetera. And uh, I guess, as you say, the rest is history after that. Uh, we knew that Noah had a very strong arm uh, watching him practice for the last couple of years. Uh, we knew that he was a very heady kid, that uh, he was a great student of the game, uh, but he wasn't the tallest guy in the world. They listed him at 5'11", and, and that may be a bit of a stretch. And so that was kind of the knock against him. Could he succeed uh, not being you know six foot two or taller? And uh, he has proven everybody wrong. Uh, I think one thing that has certainly helped is the fact that uh, he has great chemistry with the team. And even before he became a starter, he had great chemistry. So when he came onto the field and, and he moved into a starting role, the players had a lot of trust in him. Um, he thinks very quickly on the field. Uh, he's, I, I think because of his size, you know, it helps when he can roll out and throw on the run, which has been a strength of his. He doesn't run a lot. They really don't want him to, again, because, you know, they want to keep him healthy, and, and that's not his strength. He's got some good running backs behind him. So it's been, it's been a fun story to watch. He's, you know, he's got an incredible family, and I think that's one thing that makes him very grounded. Uh, even since the you know first game that he didn't even play in last year, his family has been, I think, to every game that Arizona's played, and I don't know how many of them, but at least some of them. And uh, that type of atmosphere is something that I think has helped him succeed, uh, certainly off the field and, and then on the field. He's just a, a natural. That's all I can say. And he's got weapons like crazy at the skill positions. I mean, these uh, the wide receivers, the tight end, the, the bevy of running backs – uh they'll frighten you when you turn on the film uh, this is a, a really fun arizona offense that he has to distribute the ball to and that was jed fish's background i mean he was an offensive guy uh, in both college and the nfl and so last year arizona had a really good offense last year but the defense wasn't very good and so the record didn't show that and the offense this year is is pretty much the same as it was last year it's just a different quarterback right now and Noah Fafita, but Tedero McMillan, I mentioned him, and a five-star kid that has caught 80 passes this year, Jacob Cowing, who was a transfer from UTEP, but he's been here for a couple years now, and 
has done some great things. And, you know, they picked up a kid from uh, Colorado in the portal, Montana Lamonius Craig, and he's been good. They've got some young guys that have helped out at the wide receiver spots. And then, you know, the running backs, and we knew going into the season that they were going to be very deep there. Uh, Michael Wiley, a senior. Jonah Coleman has, I think, come on and, and established himself as a guy that's going to be really big come next year. And a couple other guys, D.J. Williams and Speedy Luke, have helped out. And then the, the tight end you mentioned, he's one of my favorite guys, Tanner McLaughlin. Uh, grew up in Canada, uh, really wasn't uh, recruited by many schools in the, in the States. Uh, the story is that he, he, his high school team went to Pullman to watch an Arizona-Washington State game years ago, and he fell in love with Arizona, but they didn't recruit him. He ended up at uh, Utah State uh, for, I, no, it was not Utah, it was Southern Utah, sorry, Southern Utah, and he got hurt there. Uh, but uh, the coaches, you know, sent out film, and Jed Fish had a connection. They said, you need to take a look at this guy. And my goodness, uh, you know, he caught 34 balls last year, 42 this year. And I think he's got a chance to play in the NFL. I, I really do. He's, he's 6'5", 250, somewhere in that range, and uh, just a very smart young man. Five catches away from tying Rob Gronkowski for most catches in a single season. That's impressive. Um, tell us about the Arizona defense this year. Well, it's much improved, and, and that was the thing that they had to do. And, and Jed Fish admitted that, that that last year they put everything into the offense, and now this past offseason they did everything they could to build up the defense. And they've gone to the portal, and that's been the, the biggest reason why. I mean, three of the four starters on the defensive line uh, transferred in. Uh, one of their linebackers, actually you know, one guy that's kind of a hybrid guy, so they have two at the linebacker spot. And uh, they have been, I, I can't tell you how big they've been. Uh, you know, Taylor Upshaw from Michigan, uh, Bill Norton from Georgia, uh, Tyler Manoa from UCLA, uh, Justin Flo from Oregon, uh, Martel Irby from UCLA. Those are all the transfers, and they've all made just a major difference. And so Johnny Nansen, who's the defensive coordinator, just has more to work with this year. That's all there is to it. And he's got a good scheme. Um, you know, years ago, Arizona had a defense. It was nicknamed Desert Swarm. It was one of the best in the country over a, uh, about a four- or five-year stretch. And uh, he's kind of gone to that philosophy where they swarm after the ball. And I think, Toby, the best number to look at, two of them is, and, you know, last year Arizona finished 124th in the nation in total defense. And entering the bowl season, they were 36th in that same department. And I think that tells you right there the improvement that they've made again it comes down to personnel and they've been able to use now a scheme that fits that personnel and so that's the reason arizona's won nine games that the offense has been fine i'm not taking anything away from them but when you make that big of a jump on the defensive end that is the the major reason arizona's sitting at nine and three right now if you had one major concern or biggest concern for this game what would it be well, Arizona has struggled to, to take the ball away this year. Now, they've got their turnover margin back even, uh, but they have just not been a team that's done a lot in terms of you know, interceptions, uh, forcing fumbles, etc. They picked off six balls this year, which is actually two more than last year, and two of them came in their last game. So, uh, you know, can they win the turnover battle? I think that's the one thing that, uh, you know, when you – face a team like Oklahoma and you look at their defense and what they've done to force turnovers that uh, Arizona has to avoid that if they want to win the game. So that's the one, probably the biggest question mark, the biggest concern I have going into the Alamo Bowl is can Arizona take care of the ball and can they, you know, somehow force a turnover so far they've been able to, I want to say get away with it, but 
because they have not had a lot of takeaways this year. They still won nine games. Uh, they've done it in other ways. Uh, but I think when you face a team like Oklahoma, you've got to, A, avoid the turnover, and B, hope that maybe you can get one. He's got the best football team in many years at Arizona and I think the best basketball team in America. It's a, uh, it's a good time to be Brian Jeffries, play-by-play voice of the Arizona Wildcats. Brian, thank you so much for a few minutes of your time this morning. We really appreciate it, and I will see you tomorrow night at the Alamo Dome. Look forward to it. Thanks, Toby. Thanks, Brian. There you go. Yeah, he's right about the defense, by the way. Um, You look at the additions this year and where they came from, Michigan, Georgia, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, another UCLA, another UCLA. He has stocked them with talent from big-time programs. Take a break. Chris Plank will join us to wrap it up next. This hour of the T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you by RK Black, a leading provider of office technology solutions for small and medium-sized businesses. All right, here we go. I haven't talked to Plank in forever. Crossover time. Plank set it down to San Ann tomorrow. We got your broadcast tomorrow night starting at 6 o'clock with pregame coverage. Good morning, Chris Plank. There you go. Try is. that again. It helps if I turn Good mor- on the, uh, Good morning, board. Chris Plank. Everything was wonderful. Wonderful. How about you? And he's gone. Uh, did I leave or did he leave? Uh, you're here. Uh, he, left? he left. Okay. All right. Hopefully we'll get Chris Plank back soon. So far we know that he got to spend Christmas with his <laughs> brother-in-law and sister-in-law. I'm guessing he's at Newcastle Casino, so I'm guessing they haven't opened the port for him yet, and he's going off of a hub, which is not a good situation there. So, huh? Hey, how am I broadcasting tomorrow morning? Do you know? Um, Probably a Drake Dykin question, isn't it? Yeah, because he. I thought it was Comrex, but then he's like, "We're staying at different hotels, so you might ask him before you leave the house." Yeah. <laughs> Maybe am I supposed to bring my stuff? Ah, uh, that's a that's a question him. for him. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I better ask him. All right. Well, anything on the text line, TJ, that we need to uh, get out there before we get out of town, and we can't get Chris back hooked up again. We just uh, punched right. him in by phone. Yeah. There yeah, he is. Bad. We no, that's we fine. have we're we're at Newcastle. We're at Newcastle today, so we have um we have what is called a hard line, but they haven't connected it yet, and so I was using a hotspot. Way too much information. And I guess the thing I didn't realize is the hotspot wasn't charged. So it was all fine and great, and all of a sudden the power just went out. So I apologize oh for that. But, no, uh, Christmas was great. Got a little time with Will, much more this weekend, so I'm fired up about it. Really, I'm getting excited about this bowl game tomorrow, too, man. I'm pretty juiced. Yeah. Um, after the Seth Luttrell press conference yesterday with Joe John, uh, Coach is talking today at 1030, so I'm, I'm getting pretty juiced about this. What did you get for Christmas? A bag of Cheetos. I don't like <laughs> What? Yeah, yeah. Um, Very similar to the ping golf clubs that Toby got. Yeah. You got ping golf clubs? I got new clubs. Yeah. How, okay. How, how, how do you do this? How, how do I? I mean, I got a thing. I got a <laughs> you thing got more clubs. than a bag of Cheetos. <laughs> Bro, I'm not kidding. I got, uh, we, we did the stocking, and in the stocking, there was a bag of Cheetos, some Coast soap and a pair of winter gloves I uh, my mother-in-law got me reading glasses and you got what what am i doing wrong here how am i how do you guys run your families and i get a i get 
soap and Cheetos that I don't even like. <laughs> soap and Cheetos. <laughs> Come on, you got more than soap and Cheetos. You got something. I am else. not kidding you right now. I'm being dead serious. Um, mm-hmm. We uh, we weren't gonna do gifts, and my kids don't buy me gifts. Um, uh, well, I'm sorry. I take that back. My my nine year old got me a coffee mug, so right. I got a coffee mug. But yeah, in uh, as far as presents that I got to open up. Yeah, there wasn't anything for the uh, for the plank show, and I'm fine with that. You know, I'm sure my money goes to something important like chicken, chicken feed, probably something for a pig, <laughs> probably a lot of cat food that I pay for. You know, all those things that are relevant to me. See, when they cast me as the Grinch the other day, now you uh. guys know why. Whenever you go to get your stocking on Christmas morning, and there's a bag of flaming hot Cheetos, which is something you don't even eat, it's like, oh well, Merry Christmas to me. It's awesome. Good times. Oh my gosh, that's great. That's not great. I'm sorry. I mean, we listen. I was at TJ's house on Christmas Eve. You've never seen a pile of presents. Like, there's that's three awesome. people in their family. So I'm with you in that <laughs> boat. But uh, I'll we'll uh, we'll go golfing and we'll share the clubs. How about that? I'll share my clubs with that's you. That's nice. So what what which kind you get? What 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 you what you go with? I don't know the like I don't know that I don't know the terminology. Oh, okay. They're they're pings, right. but I don't I'm not uh, smart enough to know like be able to tell you what kind they are or anything like that. They're black. Does that help? Oh, fancy! Yes, I know yeah. those are the, the newest fancy black those ones. Those are the new deal, man. Well, congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> I'll exactly. bring my Cheetos and we can share them. And <laughs> That's the a deal. That's a deal. <laughs> All right, man. Have a great show. Safe travels, and I'll see you in San Antonio tomorrow. Yeah. I'll see you in San Antonio tomorrow. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning in the crossover. See you, Toby. All right. Plank Show coming your way next. Headed down south. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning from the Alamo City. Have a great Wednesday, everybody.